0: There are several kinds of headaches, chronic, migraine, tension, just to name a few. But when your child is suffering from one, how do you know if it's a more serious type and what can you do to prevent them? Here to tell us more about addressing headaches in children, prevention and treatment strategies is Dr. Ankita Ghosh, Assistant Professor of Child Neurology and the Director of the Comprehensive Headache Center at Labonner Children's Hospital. This is the Peds Pod by La Children's Hospital. I'm Maggie McKay. So great to have you here, Dr. Ghosh. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Let's get right to it. What are some of the basic ways to prevent and control headaches at home?
1: I tell my patients relentlessly about making lifestyle modifications, which they can do at home, from the very beginning to prevent the threshold and frequency of headaches, So I always recommend all my patients to eat regularly three meals a day and have some snacks in between. This is very important because we all need steady balance of glucose. And when someone skips meals, that could lead to more headaches. I also recommend adding green vegetables, dairy, and protein in the diet. This is because green vegetables are high in folic acid and vitamin B2, which is also called as riboflavin. Dairy products are rich in vitamin D, and proteins such as meat, or if someone is vegetarian, like tofu, beans, etc., has coenzyme Q10. So, there is now evidence that these vitamins are very beneficial for migraine and headaches in general. I also recommend adding these vitamin supplements and diet through daily multivitamin. And exercising at least three times a week is definitely recommended. Exercise helps with mood, anxiety, depression, and migraine headaches as well, as it helps your brain to secrete a really good hormone called endorphins, which helps you to stay motivated and happy in life. And lastly, keeping yourself very well hydrated with drinking water, I would suggest like at least eight to 10 glasses a day, and maintaining sleep hygiene is very critical and important.
0: That's a tall order. (laughs) Not really. I know we're supposed to be doing all of that. It's a good reminder of what we are supposed to be doing. Yeah. What should I do if this headache hygiene doesn't work? How do I know when my child's headaches are serious enough to see a neurologist?
1: Headaches are an almost universal experience with most people noting at least one headache in a lifetime. And the good thing is that most headaches are mild and transient and they do not warrant a visit to a healthcare provider. However, Almost 30 million Americans they suffer from chronic disabling headaches that impact their quality of life. Headaches are symptoms and I think everyone who is suffering from disabling headaches should definitely see a healthcare provider to get diagnosed properly. The most common misconception in general is that, oh, I have headaches, that means do I have a brain tumor? I just want to throw it out there. The good news is that about 80 to 90% of headaches people experience are primary headaches, meaning they're not associated with any underlying anatomic or physiological abnormality. However, the other 10 to 20% of headaches can be secondary and it can be due to an underlying illness or medication exposures, etc. So there are some red flags which every neurologist are aware about. However, I just want to talk about some most common red flags someone should look out for and seek an opinion from a neurologist. Mm -hmm. So one, for example, if uh, someone is experiencing some systemic symptoms along with the headaches, for example, they're having like weight loss or fever along with the headaches, then they should definitely see a healthcare provider or neurologist. If someone is experiencing sudden onset of headaches, these are also called as thunderclap headaches. And by that, I mean that you can experience the worst headache of your life and the onset is within a minute. And this could be something because of an underlying condition like subarrhythmia hemorrhage. If patients are endorsing headaches, which wakes them up at night, any positional exacerbation of headaches, such as headaches are worse with standing or lying supine, I think these concerns definitely warrant an evaluation
0: by a neurologist. What if you wake up with headaches on a regular basis?
1: So primary headache disorders, such as migraine or tension headaches, they usually do not wake you up at nighttime. However, when you have like secondary etiology, for example, like a space occupying lesion in your brain, you can sometimes actually wake up with a very disabling headaches and it can be associated with nausea and vomiting. So definitely go and get evaluated by a neurologist. Maybe that would warrant like an MRI brain
0: or other investigation. Dr. Ghosh, how does Laboner's Headache Center treat headaches?
1: So, we have a comprehensive headache center here at Laboner Children's Hospital, and we actually practice our goal, which is as a team, we just don't want to treat kids with medications, but actually educate them about the headache disorder. I think that is the most important thing what we can do for them so that they feel empowered to get help promptly. Like a detailed history is the most critical tool in making diagnosis. So we have a very detailed questionnaire for both new and follow-up visits to make the correct diagnosis. And besides me and my team, we have a psychologist, a nurse practitioner, and a nurse coordinator. And as a team, we have a very comprehensive approach to address every aspect of the headache disorder. During every visit, we teach patients about the acute and preventative uh, medical management, some lifestyle changes they can make to decrease the frequency of headaches, realizing in general like, what the triggers are for the headaches and how to avoid them. And what I believe is that like migraine and headache sufferers of any age can be very anxious about the headache attacks. Mm -hmm. So a psychologist, she helps them to learn like coping skills and also does something like cognitive behavioral therapy sessions. So in total, like we believe in educating them and treating it as a holistic and with a
0: wholesome approach. That's great. So beyond medication, you teach them all about headaches and why they're being caused, what you can do to prevent them. What are some strategies for parents to handle the non-medical side of headaches? like you know, school, relationship issues, et cetera.
1: Yeah, I think schools are really important and I always encourage parents who have children with migraine or any other headache disorder to have a chat at school because the more we educate school, the more they would be empathetic and understanding and we could reduce the impact on school attendance that way. So whenever we see any patient, we actually give our patients something like a school letter which states that whenever they feel like they're going to have their migraine attack or their headaches is coming up they could sit in a quiet dark place they can get their acute abortive medication which has been prescribed to them and rest for a while and that is very important because most importantly i think like rest and uh, drinking water at the time and getting like your medication on time is really important when you're in school so that you can feel more functional and you can function as a normal kid so we also give resources to parents to help
0: them advocate for their children What's the difference between a migraine and other headaches?
1: Migraine is actually the second most disabling disease in the whole entire world. Yeah, and it is the most common brain disease. Migraine is more than just headaches. It is a genetic disease, so it runs in family. And, for example, if both your parents are suffering from migraine, then there's a likely situation that you can suffer from migraine as well. However, sometimes some people, they don't know if there's a history of migraine in the family, mostly because like in past, people were just not labeled or diagnosed with it. But it just doesn't mean that it is not a genetic condition. We know at least 42 genes now, which can cause migraine. And thinking about like how you can get migraine, like the pathophysiology of the migraine, we don't understand the whole process, but what we know is that your brain, especially your brainstem, gets more activated when you get the migraine attack and it leads to misfiring of the nerves. That is the simple way I can put it out there. And children who have migraine, they can have disabling headaches that can last anywhere from 2 to 72 hours as compared to adults when it can last anywhere from four. to 72 hours and usually in kids we see migraine attack in both sided like bilateral location as compared to adults where we see it strictly as a unilateral location one-sided location and the headaches are Um, associated with sometimes like nausea, vomiting, photophobia, which is like light sensitivity, or phonophobia, which is sound sensitivity. So it is just more than headaches in general, and it is a disease, and migraine is the disease, and headaches are your symptoms. So definitely, if you're suffering from chronic disabling migraine, definitely see your headache neurologist or uh, your primary care physician.
0: Dr. Ghosh, does caffeine play a part in headaches? That is a great question. So
1: there was a misconception before that caffeine in general would relieve headaches. Because we used to think that migraine or headaches in general is caused because of dilation around the nerves, and caffeine causes constriction, and so it helps. However, now what we know is that caffeine and like overusage of caffeine, which I usually see in teenager kids, it can cause caffeine withdrawal headaches and it can make your migraine worse. So in general, I do recommend all my patients to stay away from caffeine as much as they can. So if they like sweet tea, definitely go for a decaf version because you want all the hydration which you're taking with drinking water every day. That caffeine can make you dehydrated and it can make your headaches worse.
0: That's all very helpful information. Thank you so much. It's been really informative.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Visit labonner.org slash neuroscience to learn more about labonner's Neuroscience Institute. And be sure to subscribe to the PEDS Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Or you can check out the labonner.org podcast page for the full podcast library. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it on all your social channels. This is PEDS Pod by Labonner Children's Hospital. I'm Maggie McKay. Thank you for listening.